0: Only, TikTok's not banned yet. Only in the US, and only, only if it doesn't get it's purchased by Microsoft or Twitter. Not, we're getting ahead of the game.
1: It's episode 91!
2: Welcome to the Ultimate Deck Podcast Ultimate Deck Podcast Helping you keep your finger firmly pressed on the decking industry The people in it And the information you need to master the backyard And now and now Host of the Ultimate Deck Podcast Shane Chapman
1: Why didn't anybody tell me that that coffee was going to be really hot Before I committed to a full gulp on the first swing It's your new cup Keeps it super hot It is it didn't have much work to do. I only poured it six minutes ago. <laughs> Ooh, she's a toasty one. It's pretty hot. Uh, we are here. Shane Chapman, Wade Laurent. Hello. Bryce Walniak? Wolniak.
3: Wolanyak. Wolanyak.
1: Whatever. You
4: should spell
3: that Just differently. Bryce.
1: <laughs> and Brandon Fuchs or... Never mind.
3: Careful. Fuchs, we can wrestle right now. Fuchsie,
4: oh, is this or the arm wrestling, arm wrestling arm episode?
1: Three way <laughs> oh, arm I'll wrestle episode. Shane
4: and <laughs> I against Brandon, <laughs> yeah, in think, the arm wrestle. Yes. That's our best shot. It's
1: <laughs> yeah. a double team on Brandon. Tag Dude's team. a beast. Uh, we're here with Brandon Fuchs from I don't know what you're from. You're from you're all, all
3: over got, the place. I, I yeah, I've got a couple different names, um, but now we're just trying to stick with one name. So it's North Construction. Mm-hmm. Okay. Oh. Wait. Was it North Canadian Construction at one point? That's I like to call it North Construction, but it is North Canadian Construction. North Can, North Construction for short. For short. Or yeah. NCC. Or NCC for, shorter. for shorter.
1: Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um. And so Brandon's a local contractor here in Regina, and so we're gonna do some things with him today, just podcast things. Not as weird as that sounded. I thought we were gonna. The
4: it. delivery was a uh, pretty suspect on that. <laughs>
1: <laughs> it was. was yep. Yeah. Um. What do you boys want to talk about? We had a good conversation going before you. I want to go side. back to that. And I feel like because, because we I hadn't, done
4: that. I hadn't finished it. Yeah. Okay. So go ahead. So that, it's like the value of pineapple is not strong enough <laughs> to offset the like the picking of the fibers out of my teeth. We. That's
1: all. We were gonna do some things with Brandon, and then when we picked up where we left off, it was on pineapple. <laughs> it's yeah. Like, we're leaving a lot to the imagination right now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So.
4: How about you? You said you like pineapple. He's wearing a
3: pineapple shirt.
4: This is how it all started. Bryce has a pineapple shirt. I have a pineapple shirt today. This kicked off the conversation. So I I like pineapple well enough. It's fine. There's a song about pineapple. But it's a ton of work to like, when you get it from the grocery store. It's a pineapple under the sea. That one?
3: SpongeBob.
1: SpongeBob.
3: Come on, you got kids. I don't have have voices like that. (laughs) I got them all. (laughs) Oh my goodness. So you
4: buy Um, this pineapple and then you have to cut it and it's like a pain in the you, can go, you, can get a you need to get a wife like mine she i agree i also would not eat pineapple if i
1: had to do the work to get to the fruit but my wife when we get the pineapple she'll like what do you call it like not peel it but carve it carve it yeah. into chunks into a bowl mm. so all i have to do is get a fork and be like mao mau mau it's amazing that way
4: yep i would mm-hmm. i'm the person
3: that but you're still going to complain about it. the fibers. Oh, you're the trimmer. You need it yeah. Trim. So there's a
4: whole bunch of stuff to this. You need the fibers, trim, right? It's yeah. So. This is no good. I'm cutting it up, and then I'm like, I have to pick the fibers out of my own teeth. This is no good. <laughs> yeah. I need. I need somebody to do either pick the fibers out of my teeth or cut the pineapple up. So what, does does your
1: wife love the pineapple? Like she at least? If you don't care enough, why are you cutting up the pineapple?
4: Who loves it in your house enough? There's only two people. Oh, it's I get two a year. Two pineapples a year. Yeah. That's it? Yeah, I don't get them very often. Birthday and Christmas. Yeah. (laughs) An anniversary. Three times (laughs) a year. (laughs) Okay. You're right. (laughs) Okay. Mm, Uh, Timing on this is suspect. So, So, anyways, every couple of of months or every quarter, I'm like, ah. I want a pineapple it's and then I like... I yeah, that's exactly it. And so then... then full and then yeah, the it's like, what a pain in the ass. This thing is so much work and it doesn't taste that good. It's amazing. And
1: they're like, but I'm not doing this anymore for four months so you forget. It's like kids. You forget how shitty it was yeah. and then eventually you're like, I really like pineapple though. Then you forget because, yeah, mm-hmm. I see I, how that works.
3: I <laughs> think it's delicious. I think it's pretty good. I also think it's
1: delicious, but like mm-hmm. I said, I wouldn't do the work. It's a lot of work. I also love... keeping <laughs> Like... Kiwis, what this do is you love fruity, now? Fruitiest, fruitiest episode <laughs> we've ever had, <laughs> and kiwi. not just because Brandon's here. Ooh, I
4: also really <laughs> hey love yo. kiwis, but I also don't like the work to get into a kiwi. Kiwi's I like fruits that no, you they're not. Ki- cut them in half and eat they're with a, a spoon.
3: Yeah. no, that's no, that's cut a cut top. In half? Cut the top off because they got a lots of fibers okay. on them. What if, what happens if you get some of the outside in your teeth? Oh yeah, oh no, no, no.
0: Use a little spoon and you just like. Why are you biting into a kiwi? You try it out. Uh, try you it. should. You should try it. What if you? What if you got all the fuzzies off? Yeah. T- so that was just a smooth
1: fruit,
4: and then Dude, you ate it like an apple. I have the best story about kiwis. So my parents like when they great. when they first the very first time they ever bought kiwis, they picked all the seeds out because they thought that it was like they didn't think you were supposed Holy to eat the smokes. seeds. That's um, a commitment. Imagine how, how many times. Take? The, I the don't kiwi know. probably got spoiled by the time they were done. Could There'd be no imagine? kiwi left. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> no it was like, out. yeah my mom was telling me this story she's like well when we do like they were young they were 19 years old they'd grown up in rural saskatchewan <laughs>
1: nowhere they'd they grew never, up yeah they'd so they never, they'd never a had kiwi a, they'd never had yeah. a
4: kiwi right because you're down in Cardiff, saskatchewan you're like tucked away in the little corner of the province and it was like they grew up in the 60s and 70s mm-hmm. so that kiwis weren't just readily available they moved sure. to calgary they find kiwis, they cut it open, and they're like, oh, well, there's tons of seeds in here. We'll take the seeds out. That's what you would do with the apples and the oranges you got. So <laughs> right, out come the seeds.
1: But not with a banana, and they're the same size seed as, like, a banana. Then they had a pomegranate, so, <laughs> took yeah. all the seeds out of that, and they were <laughs> like, like, where's the, where's what the meat? Eat? <laughs> it's, just <laughs> it's
3: just a pile of shit. Guess we eat the peel. <laughs>
4: okay, so uh, I would eat kiwis over pineapple
3: kiwi over pineapple. Yep. What
4: about yeah. dragon fruit? Yeah. If they were both pr- oh yeah. Mm, never had a dragon fruit. Too much work.
3: You don't there's no work. You cut it's it. It's like a white it. kiwi. It's a so white good. kiwi. Yep. Okay. Well, it's bigger travel, so no you, fibers. Like maybe wor- this
4: weekend. The work to reward
1: ratio ratio is higher there you them, go. because there's m- it's
3: bigger and it's more there. It's got more it's way bigger cool factor.
4: Okay. Oh yeah. Like you're not called, like called gonna, dragon fruit? That's way better than called anything else. You're not going to Instagram about the kiwi. Like it
3: looks like you're going to eat it and die. But it's delicious. What, what did you
4: chance? say? The re- reward to work ratio is yeah. good? I think yeah. that's what I'm going to do now. That's how I'll base my food on. Have you had a star fruit? Yes, I have had star fruit. That it was really good. Weird. Somebody cut it up for me. That's why I ate it. <laughs> yeah. It turns out that Wade's favorite foods are those that are prepared for <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> That's why I like restaurants so much. I don't have to do my own dishes. I just go there, eat, and then it's like... <laughs> Exchange for goods Thanks (laughs) so much And I leave That's what money's for right? This is the
1: guy Whose episode was Planning is everything Planning is everything Zero planning When it comes to eating Just
0: presented and in
4: Wrong I planned to do no work That's That's a fair point He
0: has to plan If it's going to be dinner Or supper
4: Nope Plan for dinner Supper just happens (laughs) (laughs) You open the can of. Is it dinner Dinner or supper To you well, Six so, like evening meal is called
3: what? Supper, all the time. All the time. Never dinner. Dinner time.
4: What is what, what dinner is, time? <laughs> so di- when do you eat dinner? Ever is that not a word? You just you said used? it was dinner time. But supper. is that at noon? Supper is at dinner time. He no, said.
3: no n- lunch.
1: Yeah, noon is lunch. lunch. So you have supper at dinner time. That's what he said. Yep. No, okay.
3: Stop. I heard it.
4: <laughs> Rewind it back. That's lunch, what he
3: said. It, <laughs> with lunch is at bill, lunch yeah. time. Noon. Yeah. Okay. Noon. Generally, yeah. supper is at supper time. When is, dinner dinner, dinner, when is time? dinner? dinner time. Dinner time is, it's always dinner time. <laughs>
4: <laughs> <laughs> all right. Okay. Eight minutes and no value.
3: Yeah. We just gave tons of value. Dinner is used for breakfast, lunch, or supper. I'm dinner is breakfast. just, dinner's all a name, all the time. For it's for just an act of eating. Yeah, it's an activation. Yeah. Eat. Activation. The activation to eat. <laughs> an activation. Activation to eat.
1: Okay, um, are you are we done? Pineapple's good. We've determined it. If nope. you don't have to
3: work for it, we like it. He
1: he thinks it's complicated. He's got a lot of like prerequisites
4: yeah. for pineapple. Right, and so where I you know, I would eat a honeydew melon over that over a pineapple. Mm, now we're f- oh. I, now you're gonna piss me off.
0: Money melon, honeydew,
4: honey melon.
0: It's oh. money melon. That's for uh, old it. people that have dentures.
1: Honeydews are largely flavorless. There's not enough going on in there. there you,
0: you just suck it's at like picking them. No no no.
1: It's like the sparkling water of the fruit world. It's like you expect it to be really good and then it's never as sweet as it should be. <laughs> this is
3: so true. It's,
1: it's like, oh, that's close to a fruit.
3: Yeah, that's and close to an actual drink, but it's just, just put ice cream in like it. Cuz like you
1: come from like ice a, cream in it? You yeah. go from a pineapple or like a good watermelon? Mm-hmm. A good watermelon crushes a honeydew melon. Oh,
4: a good please. watermelon crushes all things. Rotisserie chicken, yeah. steak. Yeah. <laughs> there we go. A good watermelon wins all things.
1: I I agree.
4: It's pretty good.
0: Mm-hmm. Also, cantaloupe. We
4: buy Eats it, it.
1: in one of our Tupperware containers already cubed. That's how it shows up in my fridge too.
4: Oh, you. <laughs> Do you fun. have a magic coffee table? <laughs> <laughs> Have you seen that? No The magic, the magic coffee, coffee table? table We gotta show you this If anybody hasn't seen The
0: magic coffee table skit Look it up It's so funny Just put oh. stuff on it And it disappears
4: The premise of it is
1: Is like men are so oblivious To how the Like the household actually runs That they think things Just do themselves Right It's like the guy's like I don't know I just put my I just throw my gitch In the coffee table and so it's like, it, it just yeah, gets it done The I don't story know behind it, The magic
4: coffee table The story behind it Was the lady it's, like She left him yeah. No, she didn't leave him. She was complaining about how she has so much stuff to do in the house. And he was like, okay, listen, I'm going to tell you the secret. <laughs> This is a magic oh, coffee right. table. She yes. clearly doesn't know about this table. She doesn't know about the table. Here's I'm, what happens. You just like. I put my dishes there. I put my dishes there and then they just disappear. And so I wasn't going to tell you because I thought I was the chosen one. <laughs> <laughs> right? And, so, yeah, and she's the one doing it. Yeah, she's Jinx. Like, really, you have to be kidding really me. Happened. And he was like, sometimes I just pile as much shit on the table as I can, <laughs> can to see if I can get it all. And she was like, and then she left him. She Obviously. leaves. Right? Yeah. And then, so the detectives the are there and he was like, my wife was abducted. And. And the one lady was like, like, I don't think it was a... I don't think it was an abduction. I think she left you. Mm. And the guy was like, no, I think she fell on the magic coffee table and I took <laughs> her away. And there was a male cop there and he was like, <laughs> I have one in my house too. <laughs> and the female cop left. Okay. Oh this my god, hilarious. It's I
1: have one of those. Super good. <laughs> the irony of this whole thing is that I don't have a coffee table at all right now uh-huh. because we got like COVID. the other one we had, we got mm-hmm. rid of, and then we bought one, but it's like taking months to get here probably because of COVID. Mm-hmm. So I got no coffee table right now. So shit's piling up in my house. There's laundry everywhere. <laughs> You like all it's all in this spot. The water lawn's not cutting itself up. <laughs> well, your magic boardroom is not working, so. Nope. No, I haven't blessed that one yet. i got to bring in an old priest and a young priest, and then that one will do tricks, too. Yep. Yeah. Okay, <laughs> I think it's time, right, Bryce? Is it time? It's time. Just so you know, Mom, I'm working on something very, very big, very important. You're going to be very proud. It's the worldly news. Here we are with the worldly news when the value really starts on the podcast.
4: <laughs> Let's get her.
0: Okay, the first story of the worldly news today is World's Last Blockbuster Video Store <gasps> is listed as an Airbnb. I saw this
2: yes, sleeping
4: over. I saw Heard this. this. Yep. Where is it again?
0: Uh it's in Oregon.
4: Yeah,
1: it's not somewhere you're gonna go if it wasn't there. Well, basically. you would
0: now, though. I will now. You're thinking about it. It's like this weekend actually.
1: We haven't booked hotels in Banff yet. We're a detour.
0: Yeah, you stay in a 1990s era TV blockbuster with a big bed and all of the videos available to put in the VCR.
1: Oh my God. That's what I was going to ask. Cause I didn't hear that part. I was like, do they have a TV and yeah. you get to just watch the, whatever you yeah, want.
0: You just get to walk around the store. VCR. Yeah. VCR.
1: They're still using VHS
0: tapes. <laughs> yeah.
1: Amazing. Incredible. Like that's that place will be packed. Guy's trip. I think it could be a guy's trip. Absolutely. So I was I was sad to hear because there was actually a, there was three of them left and two of them were in Alaska mm-hmm. operating as video stores still. Yep. And I don't know if this Oregon one was. I don't think so. But the ones in Alaska, like they survived for the longest time and now COVID shut them down. And so that was like that was kind of they'd become tourist attractions, but they were still oh, legitimately renting videos. Like yeah. it was a real store still, but most of their revenue was from people coming in and like taking and pictures. Taking Here's pictures the
0: kicker. Anyway. It's only four dollars a night. What? What? Yeah. What are the late like fees? Like the video, exactly. <laughs> what <are> the late
4: <laughs> fees? Check out it. You gotta check out at eight a.m. And if you're after eight a.m., it's seventy five dollars yeah. late fee. Okay, Man. how? That's not sustainable. Yeah, they've got to put a model in where they can be around for a little
1: bit. I think it's because. it's Oh, but the 20. how many people get to stay there? What's yeah, the capacity?
0: Twenty. Right. I, I, I didn't see that. COVID. Part. You're sleeping COVID. with like thirty of your closest friends. Full party. Full party mode. Full.
1: Like, yeah, pajama party.
0: Pajama party. Okay, next story is woman celebrates 103rd birthday by getting her first tattoo. What was the tattoo? Uh,
1: come on. I didn't get that far. If you're you're going to look the stories up. Could you imagine tattooing? frog.
0: Where would you, put? Where on would her, you put On it? her arm.
4: <laughs> yeah, on her arm. Why? <laughs> Next, okay. What is it? Can you even make
1: that frog look anatomically correct? Oh, on but I skin bet you, you can make loose? it do
0: tricks, right?
1: Yeah, <laughs> its tricks. tongue is constantly like fishing for flies every time she moves. So 103 You have tattoos, yeah. And did it say what the frog, what the meaning was behind the frog?
0: No, just because she wanted a tattoo before she died,
1: and it was the first page of the book before her arthritis acted yeah. up in her yeah, wrist. Yeah, exactly. She was turning so she pages. could see it all the time. It's like she got she to F and it was it. like that frog.
0: Yeah. Okay,
1: good for her. Why not? At that point, the fear that people have with tattoos is like, yeah, but what's it going to look like when you get older? This, Who cares? She passed that. Yeah, yeah. Right? She's yeah. still got a year left. The skin's already gotten loose <laughs> and then petrified again.
4: Like, <laughs> Only they might have just left. drawn it on I, with chalk. I actually think, like, statistically, she's got she's negative nineteen years. You know what I mean? Yeah, she's gone past the thing. Mm-hmm. Right. She's got so. a Benjamin Button in this ship right now. Okay.
0: okay. Last story. Woman has traded a hairpin for a minivan and plans to trade it for a house eventually. I've it, already this heard this happened. story. This is, but she started this during COVID, 29 years old. It's
1: oh, still sh- a knockoff. Just it, you it is a knockoff. During COVID. So are you familiar with your have, red I, paperclip? I, I, of course.
3: I've, like, yeah, I've heard of this.
1: Being Where time. was the guy from that did the red paperclip? He Kipling. ended up in Kipling. Yeah. He ended up. I there. thought he was from Kipling. No, I don't think he was from. Oh, he wasn't from Saskatchewan. Because that's where really he like. ended up getting the house. That's where he got the house. So I don't even know if he was Canadian, for sure. He might have been, but he was not from Saskatchewan. So this guy, because these people won't know this story. That's right. This was probably, what, 10 years ago? Yeah. This guy decides he's going to go on a mission of trading up items until he gets a house. His Mm -hmm. goal is to, like, end up with a house. He started with a little red paperclip, and he traded for whatever. I think one of his first trades, like, he traded a red paperclip for a, like a cabinet door handle. It yeah. was like a little f- made out of clay with a face.
4: On. <laughs> like it, was, yeah, it was
1: like the dumbest weird. thing. But he traded up, 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 ended up with like a quad or something at some point. Kept trading up, kept trading up, kept trading up. Ends up with a house, but it's in, Ki- like, joke's on him. It's in, it's in Kipling, Saskatchewan, population 800. <laughs> whatever Kipling is, right? And he was, I don't know where he's from,
0: but not here. Not here, but, so, but he it worked. a house in Kipling.
1: And now Kipling has a monument there. Yeah, they have a what, giant, giant red There's a giant red Oh, I didn't know
4: that. Yeah, yeah.
0: yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, they're yeah, reaching for that one.
1: So this girl is just like she's ch- reaching for that. One.
4: <laughs> well, they need it. Tra- something. They're trying to get like, let's be
1: honest. There. What Not else? Going gonna- <laughs> too far because it's clipped right where they left it. <laughs> <laughs> it's a functional, but
0: functional paper, functional giant paper yeah.
1: It's holding some giant
0: papers <laughs> That's in the park. Right. Until <laughs> yeah. the wind picks up.
1: So what's her? She's so same thing. She's
0: starting with what? She started with a hairpin, like a bobby pin. Okay. Mm-hmm. It, uh, like this story actually kind of pisses me off. She traded the last thing she traded for. It's not for original to get, whatsoever. To get the. Okay, fine. Have you heard? I'm okay. done with this girl. Have you heard about. I hope t- she fails. I hope she does not get a house. <laughs> have you heard about the Trolls doll?
1: She'll trade for the house in Kipling that that guy got. Watch. <laughs> That's the twi- The plot twist.
0: Do you want another one? <laughs> yeah, I have I have another story. Yeah. H- have you heard about the Trolls doll that makes a disturbing sound? When touched in the groin? Yeah. Yes, I have. Yeah. So Hasbro I made sleep a, with a it. toy. <laughs> I could play the sound, but... Oh, yeah, play the sound.
1: I haven't actually heard the sound yet. So there's outrage, and Hasbro's gone back on this. While he's finding the sound, I'll tell the story. Uh, They've made a doll where the button to make the doll do its giggle or its laugh, whatever, is in the doll's crotch. Okay. So you have to go up the doll's skirt and press the button, and then it giggles and whatever, and there's like a whole movement. Oh, boy. People saying like... Really? Now's the time, as we're talking about yeah. Epstein and all these kids going missing, whatever. That we're going to normalize getting touched in the in the baby button, and then the doll enjoys it, and they're like, "This is like this is messed up." And so Hasbro's come back now. But what? Oh.
2: Like a gasping sound. Did you? And hit I know it? some of
4: you may not like. You have to rewind. So. That, no. uh, especially. Somebody oh. post. There it is.
2: <gasps> That's oh. the sound.
4: Those three sounds, like a gasping sound. Ugh. So somebody posted about this and was like, "the the real thing to be watching for." This is all conspiracy theorists, so I loved it and was like, "I'm hook, line, and sinker in on this one." <laughs> so, uh, huge pedophile ring trying to be broken up right now. Media won't cover it. Nobody's talking about it. It's just like it is giant worldwide stuff, and then we're now like in the process of covering everybody's face. And so your face has to be covered all the time. And it's like, dude, pay attention. Like, cause now people can steal your kids and you won't even know who it is. Cause their face is covered. But
0: not even to mention that like your kid could get stolen. And if they put a mask back on that kid, which they're supposed to in public. Boom. Although, yeah, you can't can
1: identify, can identify right? him.
4: Right. So it's just like, Yeah. Anyways. This the, is crazy.
2: The world's oh, a messy place topic. right now. Sorry. This right? Is, this Let's get to a real topic. topic right? Let's yeah. get to a f-
3: nice topic. Way to lead us down that yeah. hole, Bryce. Uh, I just, stay positive God. here. Okay.
0: Next. Are we done with the worldly news? We're done. That's what we're going to oh end on? God. I have another one. Okay. Let's just do is it one. a happier one? Yeah. Can we? Is it something about <laughs> Pizza Hut? It's like a guy thwarted... A pizza robbery by throwing a ball of dough at the guy. (laughs) Called it (laughs) is in New Jersey.
1: He tried to rob a pizza place, and the guy just like (laughs) the guy
0: behind the counter. Yeah,
1: big ball of dough covered
0: him him in dough, and he hit the door on the way out. Knocked him out. Knocked him out. Yes. (laughs)
1: Yes. <laughs> that is, is there a video of this? It.
0: No, there's no oh, video. Oh, there
1: should right. still be a video of that. That'd be fantastic. Uh, what do they call that in Jackass? Antiquing when they hit them with a the power? Oh, yeah. This is <laughs> yeah. like an advanced, <laughs> an advanced <laughs> antiquing. Advanced antiquing. <laughs> so, okay. Um, all right, Brandon. You got the rest of the show. Next 40 oh. minutes. All you. I'm going to go downstairs and <laughs> see,
4: you <laughs> see
3: you later. later. Uh, yeah. I'm going to fall asleep.
1: Okay. Let's get to know Brandon. We're 20 minutes in. You like pineapple, and the news is Love crazy. pineapple. The
3: news is so, disturbing.
1: Tell us a little bit about you. We uh, we met, uh, I don't know, f- kind of when we opened the store a little bit, four the or floor. five years ago. And at that time, you were doing uh, garage floor coatings, superior, yeah, superior so garage. Let's, let's give the history of how you got to where you are today and how you got into construction and a bit about yourself.
3: So uh, when I was a little kid, I watched Bob Vila oh. instead of cartoons. Oh, oh, yeah. that, are we going that far back? Absolutely. Absolutely. Sure, Bob Vila. Do we have, a long, do we have enough time?
4: Yeah, yeah. 40 minutes. And Next time on. Uh, what we've talked
1: about for the last 20 minutes shows we don't value time at all. So take whatever you need.
3: Um, No, as a kid, I kind of knew I was a little bit different, I guess, because cartoons and stuff were obviously enjoyable, but construction was more uh, things that enjoyed me, I guess. Um, And went in a different direction and ended up actually working at the refinery as a scaffolder for a few years. And then decided that wasn't for me and went on my own and started a small renovation company, um, and learned really quickly that the customer relationship wasn't really something I was ready for, or at that time I wasn't interested in. Um, and then, uh, came across a f- garage floor coating system in Phoenix and realized that there was nothing like that in Regina. Awesome. Um, and we lived in a province that was minus 30 to plus 60. And it, it just kind of made sense to bring that, into our city um, So then Started doing some research And 10 years ago There wasn't really a lot of There wasn't the ability to do as much research I think as there is today
4: Right, you like bust open the encyclopedias <laughs>
3: like, <laughs> uh, No garbage. <laughs> G- floor coding. Google, Google, <laughs> Google was still there Garbage gar- <laughs> yeah, Google was there So um, Met a guy in the middle of Iowa That was this Uh I'm not going to say his name, but he was like the garage floor guru. He did Jay Leno's garage. He's done a lot of different garages. So this guy trained us. We drove there 17 or 20 some hours. I don't know when it was through blizzards and all kinds of shit and then landed in the middle of nowhere. And I was like, what the hell are we doing here? Like this guy's going to teach us nothing. Taught us a couple things. We had two days of training, (laughs) (laughs) gave us a Swiss army knife and said, you're set. <laughs> Is that a true story? <laughs> yeah, it yeah, doesn't
4: he, sound to he, me yeah. like you could make that shit up.
3: No, he <laughs> g- literally gave us a gave us a Swiss Army knife. Did you like it was this a scam? Blade. You've no, been like it crazy. was not a scam. Did
1: pay him money? Like he was le- okay.
3: I did not pay him money. Um We bought product from him, so. um Left there, yeah. threw all that shit out the window on the way back. Like, as as we were coming home, I was like, oh, this is stupid information. The this knife, too? The, the knife, I never used it. Do you still have it? I don't know where it is. My kid actually asked me for a Swiss Army knife. So they're coming back. Yeah. So well, they, anyway, they've never died. Like, Swiss Army knives are
4: probably one of the most recognizable knives in the world.
3: Right. But not for garage floor (laughs) coatings. They make, they (laughs) don't, what is the connection?
4: I feel like this is some sort of metaphor. I feel like it was a metaphor
1: that he was giving. He's like, you're going to have to be all things.
3: Yeah. Like, no, it was like you you use this as a can opener. (laughs)
1: The the coating comes in a pail. This is going to come
3: in handy. (laughs) Yeah, basically that's what it was. So anyway, started doing garage floor coatings. Um, We ended up doing in our first year, like maybe five or six garages. Second year, like 50, and then grew to doing around 200, 250 garages a year. Nice. Um, And recently got rid of that. Um, Alongside that, so before... We were in construction obviously. And alongside that we were still always doing construction specifically only for clients that we wanted to work with. I guess we were really selective with who we'd work with, primarily because I just didn't want to piss around and, you know, have to fight for a project. Right. I hated that. We wanted to offer grade A workmanship, but not fight for the work. Right. So, um and then Alongside that, our projects continued to grow. Um, we did huge renovations, huge additions, you know, half a million dollar renovations, and we're a garage company. We built a taco time as a garage company. And so when you're beating out large general contractors for a taco time as a garage company, it becomes kind of confusing for the industry as to- You've l- bid
4: too low. No,
3: <laughs> no, we made, <laughs> we, we got paid on it.
1: I was going another direction. I was like, taco time- knows what they serve for food and they need a floor coating that cleans up real well. (laughs) Yeah, that's right.
3: It was all tile. (laughs) That that whole place was all tile. So no coatings in there. It wasn't upselling. Um, So uh, the challenge was we had these two companies kind of built together and I knew that my passion was back into construction because I understood the customer's expectation, the sub trades expectation, the supplier's expectation, and we needed to focus specifically on construction. So, Um, we recently got rid of, uh, the garage floor coating company and, uh, and is that somebody bought
4: it? Like Like it's still still running, closed the doors and ran or yeah,
3: somebody bought it. Somebody bought it and it, they're, they're, booming and do they need a you new you handed loose? them
1: a Swiss Army knife <laughs> <laughs>
4: and you're like you're all there you set go. here you go
3: yeah <laughs> not really no no Swiss Army
4: knife <laughs> I've grown this thing to what it is yeah. and I just needed this little knife yeah. <laughs> can we see the
1: books nope you can see the knife here's the <laughs> knife that's all you need to know
3: no we in our 10 years of business in Superior Garage we've done around 3.5 million square feet of garage floor coatings so substantial that's a couple yeah that's, and we live in Saskatchewan which is like what is there a million people here Yep, total. Yeah, so well, there's
1: some big sheds out there. One point
3: two. Yeah, but you know what? That the market share for that is is like this big. So mm-hmm. we we capitalized on a, the majority of the market share. So anyway, got rid of that, and now we're in a position to focus on construction. We've been slowly positioning ourselves to focus on construction, and we've kind of built a, what I believe is a, a really clean list of sub trades and suppliers and, and now we can provide our customers with exceptional service
1: so when you were doing the gradual fl- floor coatings it was superior garage was the garage coating side and yeah. your contracting business with superior fd contracting yeah and that's got like that's transitioned to the new that's company. transitioned that's to, to,
3: yeah that's transitioned to north construction i believe i've asked you this before but the fd yeah that was um, i had a partner so and dice dice, dice. yeah Okay. So I had a partner with that. And then uh, he moved to Vancouver and uh, started construction there as well. So both of us kind of were in that game.
1: Perfect. This is going to come full circle. He's going to end up working for you. I can see where this is going. <laughs> uh, okay. So, and then j- this this whole, uh, your new company, North Canadian Construction, yeah. is a uh, more recent endeavor, like the, within the last year.
3: Sorry? Uh, we, we It was just a re it's basically a rebrand, re-brand of superior yeah. FD contracting. So basically what it is but kind is, of a model change too. It's a model Different change. Model. Yeah. It's a transparent construction process where we provide our customers with full transparent uh, billing process. We charge a management fee. Um, so they have the ability of, you know, interacting with our sub trades without concerns about numbers coming out and they can operate utilizing our price. So, in most cases, when we go to a supplier's business, we get a discount on light fixtures, flooring, and that kind of stuff. And it, with most construction companies, those numbers are then marked up again. So same. they're they're dabbling with the supplier end, getting a little bit of markup, and then the, they're dabbling with you know the markup just that naturally that comes with it. Whereas we give our best price. So I will consistently work with the same sub and suppliers to allow them to trust me enough that they can give me the best price possible because if it's not them, somebody else will. And then I will provide that same discount to all of my customers.
1: And then you're just marking up a percentage on top of it. Like, yeah. On top of the overall
3: transparent. super transparent.
1: That's interesting. That's a, it's a, it's a neat way to go about it. And I'm sure a lot of customers would appreciate that because I you hear a lot from one of the common complaints about contractors is the lack of transparency in their pricing. A lot of people are like, I want to see a line by line, Like breakdown of what this has cost me. And contractors are always like, Nope. Yeah, it's hard for them
3: to show that. I can literally slide the invoice across the table and it will show my discount to them. Yeah. And then I mark up the number after the discount.
1: Interesting. Do you ever get pushback on people from people with how much your margin is, or do you find that you're qualifying your customers enough that they just like they know that up front and they're like, Yep, I'm good with whatever the number is?
3: Yeah, that was the other thing. Actually, I noticed we just did a site walkthrough today. And when all of the trades come to site, we've been there three times already. So if if I, like we'll do trade walkthroughs and our trades will come and evaluate their scope of work, and then we can provide the customer with a detailed cost breakdown. So when they come there, they know there's a 95% chance that they're doing the work because I've already prepped them for what that number will be. So there's no fear. And when Mm -hmm. you bring all those people there, it gives the customer it builds that level of trust that, okay, he can dictate and demand these individuals to come here and provide this information. And now it's fairly accurate to where we originally started. So ne- the next step is to proceed with the work.
1: Right. Yeah, it's interesting because because of the, the transparency of it, it leaves the homeowner with very little, like...
3: Unknowns.
4: Little unknowns and little... Um, what am I trying to say? There's like no when apprehension that you're going to try and... Right, screw them over because right. it's like, well, he'll show me the invoice. And
1: there's nowhere so for can. them to kind of push you, right? To be like, we'll do it for less because you're showing them what you paid for it. Yeah. It's like, no, no, I can't do it. This is what I'm being billed. And yeah. you knew at the front when we signed the contract that it was X percent on top of this. So yeah. it leaves them no room to later be like... Well, you were like,
4: so then this you do a little better this, on something. Right? Yeah, this isn't an anomaly. Like, yeah. there are home builders that have done this for years on mm. like custom homes, and it's it's called cost plus. Right?
3: Yeah, so Not this is fix. this isn't cost plus. This is this is kind of like fixed cost plus. So because I bring all my tr- sub trades and suppliers to site to review their scope of work, and because I give them so much additional work that if you messed up in your estimate that day, that's on you. We we can't go back to the customer for our inabilities to not complete our tasks. You just have to, you have to own that because somebody else will be better than you. So when you come to site and you look at your scope of work and you give me a number for that scope of work, even if you can't see all of it, you should be educated enough to know what's inside of those walls to make an educated decision. And then you put forward your best price. And then we move forward with that. If things come up along the way, you need to absorb that because that's, that's, For you to get better, I guess. Does that make sense?
1: So if there are
4: unknowns that are discovered though, I assume you have a process for
1: do. Like a plumber comes in
4: and I wouldn't work for you. And (laughs) I'd be like, no dice, I'm out. Because if I open a wall up and there's aluminum wiring in there, and everything you look no, but everything on the outside looked like it because the last electrician that went through mm -hmm. changed the plates on the outside and didn't follow code. And I'm looking at proper plates and I'm like, Oh well, there's the right fixture on there. There's a current fixture on there. So legally that electrician would have had to touch it, but it turns out it was the homeowner that right. did it. And I open the wall up and it's aluminum wiring. I'd be like, yo, I didn't know that that was there. Somebody tampered that, with that, that
3: wall. That's a little different, but to solve that problem, when you go to site to review your scope of work, you could look at the electrical panel yep. and you'll see the wiring because it's identified as aluminum wiring. So you would have had an opportunity to take a look at that.
1: They're held to yeah. their scope of work, they're, but, they're, but there may be some scenarios. There's some scenari-
3: there, there has been scenarios where yep. there's things come up, but like, we we try to provide enough information to everybody so that they can provide a, a really qualified price. And then the customer doesn't have any uncertainties because if you come back and I we're doing a half million dollar renovation and all of a sudden I have $150,000 of the extra things that just came up
1: Yeah, yeah. within, yeah.
3: Within like within who, who has $150,000 is kicking around to throw down when they're already probably at their max budget. Yeah. Yep. Bryce so we, does, but he's like, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Well, it's because of the pineapple shirt. Yeah. Yeah thrift thrift shopping. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I got it. So we try to provide as much information and and in an instance where we can't um, provide a detailed breakdown, we will put a budgetary number in there. And I try to, you know, manage that as much as possible to not exceed that number.
4: Yeah.
0: Right. Mm
3: -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I
0: think
4: that's good. Like that's
3: Mm -hmm.
0: a
4: good business plan.
3: Right. But
1: And I'm sure you can, you can like, you can put that within your contract as well, that there may be some unknowns. We have
3: that in there, but this,
1: this is a scope, but there's a chance that we open this wall up and,
3: and this happens. Yeah. Yeah. Whatever.
4: Because as soon as you open a wallet, you have to go to current code. Right. Right. And that's not anybody's fault. It's like, shit's changed in the last the 30 process. years. It right? changes every day. It, it changes. And yeah. so when I open that wall, you as a homeowner, you have to know that I'm going to like, I am going to find some stuff and mm-hmm. by law, I have to bring that to code. Yeah.
1: But I think the so, good, I think, I think the way that is approaching this too, with such transparency and openness to this, I think would also, make people feel more at ease when there is a change that needs to happen you know it's kind of almost like the Mike Holmes effect it's like we just trust you we we know you're doing right because you're open and transparent we know that that, yep (laughs) so if you come in and say oh shoot, there was asbestos somewhere that we couldn't identify before. How would have you known? They know that he's not trying to just like weasel more money out of them. It's like, no, it's a real issue. He knows what he's doing. He's been open this whole time.
3: Yep. That's happened also. Yeah. Yeah. Asbestos is pretty much, I just plan for asbestos. So I send, when we go in a house that's in that area of asbestos, we send our guy in there to do testing on every potential area where we may have asbestos before we even quote the work.
1: Yeah. So what do you do to, this is obviously, I assume, maybe I'm assuming incorrectly, but you're obviously like this service that you're providing to the depth and the the level of detail that you are, I assume this is more of a kind of a a higher end service you're providing. It's not somebody who needs like, it's not somebody who's getting three quotes off Kijiji that you're wanting to work for. You're wanting people that are okay with maybe spending a little bit more because they know they're going to get it all done correctly. What are you doing to qualify those customers to make sure you don't get the ones
3: that are... The, well, we 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 immediately tell them that we're not going to be the cheapest bid if they're looking to bid against somebody. I'm not really interested in it. Right. We like recently you were, you
4: took down our Kijiji ads. I <laughs> <laughs> uh, stopped doing that. Yeah, no,
3: we we. Uh, our, our cust- I've actually, we've been blessed with the success. I think on that, like a lot of our customers that come to us are hiring us because of our process and because of who we are. And in some cases, because of who our suppliers are and some of our partners. So um, I think that as long as we continue to, to see our problems and get better at our things that we need to improve on, um, we won't have to search for our customers. Actually, we also are building a couple of garages for a couple of the people in, one of our, one of our numbers was our budgets were, were off. Um, it happens and it's not something that I'm proud of. Like I'm usually fairly accurate on our budgets, but in this scenario, our budgets were off. So we looked at every option. And then the way we build our garages is we hire a framer. We hire a cider. We hire a shingler. We are individual trades that are, that's kind of their superpower, I guess. Most efficient. That, that's situation. what they're really good at. And they'll produce a better product. Like you're a decking contractor or, or a supplier, and you're really good at that side of your, you know, of your industry. Um, and so we, we break down that project in a framing cider, shingler, soffit, trough, and we quote it that way you know, you can buy decking packages from companies, obviously like the whole package, siding, singles, everything. And then there are companies that build that. And so we looked at that option with like five other builders in the city that will build the whole package for us. Right. So we're still managing the project, but we're hiring one company that'll do it all. Mm -hmm. And we priced that comparison to our process and we actually became almost equal in most cases, in some cases cheaper because some of these people value their time a lot differently. And, you know, they can charge a little bit more on the shingle or the siding, or it doesn't really matter. You know, if you're, you're paying $7,000 for the build versus a breakdown of this guy doing this and this guy doing this and this guy doing this, we learned that our process actually can be very competitive in price as well. Um, Primarily also because we do so much work with the same people. They give us their best price when we're going into it. So it works out that the customer is actually getting a better build at the end of the day because all the right people are there doing their part of the work. Right. right. And it it feels like you have
0: like a little bit more insurance on your end because you're dealing with so many different people rather than just one group. And if they screw something up, it's all on that one group rather than... The shingles point. were screwed up. Yeah.
4: Yeah. So the garage is framed slightly out of square, but it's like, ah, no big deal. I was the one who framed it. So I'm not going to say anything exactly. about this. I'll just put this window in a little bit crooked. Whereas if somebody else is doing it it's like, mm-hmm. they have to depend. They on show up trade. Yeah, and yeah. it's like, dude, you're like your wall's way out of square. I can't.
3: Yeah. And that's, and, and that's kind of where we come like in. Checks is, and
4: balances all the way along. Right.
3: We, where we come in is we, we're kind of the realtor for construction where we'll micromanage that process to make sure that people are. Um, you know, following the process and making sure that they're giving the customer the best product at the end of the day.
4: Yep,
0: Perfect.
3: Got a comment from Regal Ideas and they say that this is the best approach that you, that you're taking right now. I think so. Yeah. I I learned um, this approach from Superior Garage. So what Superior Garage taught me was doing five to 10 garages a week was customer experience. Um, So I'm dealing with a new one or two new customers every day on the front end the quoting and the end where you're invoicing and you need to have a happy customer when you get them and you need to leave him happy mm-hmm. so how do i leave my customer with the biggest smile possible and it's about them knowing everything that's happening donuts it, it, donuts
1: pineapples
3: don- Pineapples. pineapples <laughs> obviously both of those things i actually love donuts pineapple too. donuts pineapple don- that. is that a thing <laughs>
1: It just tell you, I just. Yeah,
4: it is now.
3: So yeah, customer experience was the, sure was the most important thing. That, so
4: yeah, <laughs> customer experience is the most important.
3: Everything. I, I would agree with yeah. that. Yeah.
1: Now you guys obviously do everything, but you also do decks and fences, and that's that's our current relationship. Is that where you're we supply your your decks? Well, and you've got a contractor that you use yes. for to build them, mm-hmm. and um, working good, I think. And so what what is it about fences and decks? Like, did you always do fences and decks? Or like, are you willing to do anything that your customer is asking you to do? So they want to do landscaping. Or when did you start saying yes to fences and decks?
3: Um, Or why? Well, COVID came and obviously made everybody a little bit fearful for their life, I guess. Um, Not me. Well, whatever. Heart of stone. Yeah, whatever. (laughs) Shit my pants for three days straight. Yeah. So I was actually in the middle of building a auto body shop during COVID. Okay. Um, We were rebuilding one of Regina's biggest auto body facilities and we've also renovated their house. So it shows that the level of work that we'll do will be a fence or we'll build an auto body shop with a spray booth that's state of the art. Mm -hmm. Um, So during that, we were building that and you know, that's a large scale project, but I was kind of intimidated by the potential that, you know, we might have to take some smaller projects on. Um, so a few fences and decks came up and, you know, we put those in the hopper and scheduled those in. And, um, from a customer's perspective, they're hiring us as a general contractor. And then we're hiring a subcontractor to build that deck. And then that subcontractor is buying the materials from you. So from somebody that doesn't see the value, they're gonna look at that and say, why why don't I just go directly to the subcontractor? Well, everybody has a different perspective of doing things and I represent the customer. So if the subcontractor's chest puffs up because he's pissed off about this, that, or the other, the customer's not fighting with him, I am. right, And so that provides a little bit different scenario for the customer that they have somebody mediating that Mm -hmm. process. Um, And now what value do I provide to the supplier is that I provide consistency where it's like, my subcontractor i will tell him to go buy at this place because this is where we buy our stuff from um and so we have a little bit of control over that and what that does for the suppliers is they then are more excited to work with us because they know they're not fighting for that work Mm -hmm. you know you're giving me your best price and i don't need to shop around and look for a better price because i've already been given it and if i'm not then that's an opportunity for the supplier to get better Mm -hmm. um my Subcontractor knows that I am going to be continuously giving him work, so he doesn't want to argue about the little shit because it's just going to end that process, and somebody else is going to step in. So, right. we're not for everyone. Yeah, but. Where for the people that are educated enough to understand the value of hiring somebody that does this stuff. Yeah. So it's
1: it's a similar approach that we take to what we call our managed install service because some customers just want that. They want that liaison between them and the contractor. They don't want to have to go get three bids and try to choose right. one and not know How to even choose a contractor, and they just—they've already been here and dealt with us. They feel comfortable with us. They'd rather us just kind of like find somebody for them. And so, in a way, it's kind of a similar kind of service, I guess. It's not a large part of our business. We don't promote it a whole lot. It's just like if somebody wants us to manage it all, it's like, sure, yeah, we can. Mm -hmm. Like you can pay for it all here. We can line up the contractor. We can get the permit. We can put the guy in sight and just make it all happen for you. And you know, a fraction of people are like, "Yep, that's exactly what I need. I just want hands off. I just want it to happen. You guys are great. Do it." Yeah. Whereas other people are like. Uh, I think I'd rather go find somebody cause they're, they're more budget conscious. So they're willing to put in a bit more work to get the result that, yep. you know. So.
3: And I think the result is always the same at the end of the day. It's, it's how you got there. Yeah. Right. Like, and, and what the product looks like at the end of the day. Yeah, um, exactly. I feel that the way we got there is the most effective and the product should be the best. Yeah.
1: Awesome. Okay. Yep. Now just to change gears a little bit here, you... Like I said, you've always got something going on. A couple couple <laughs> years ago, and this year because of COVID, unfortunately, it's it's a down year, an off year. But a few years ago, you were kind of leading the charge on this uh, nonprofit organization that that uh, we've been kind of a part of with you as one of your suppliers on, called Build Love. And so why don't you tell us a little bit of history about how that all came to be. I think we maybe have told the story a little bit mm-hmm. from our perspective before, but yep. but you were the guy like, this is not secondhand information anymore. This is like, tell us how this whole thing started, why it started and what, what it's kind of done for you personally totally. over the last couple of years,
3: what you get from it. Okay. So the first family was the Kennedy family. I don't know who's following along, but uh, that was kind of the first family. And, and what happened was um, my, my, Secretary scheduled the site visit for, I was missing information. So I went there a little bit blind, which is not something to brag about or talk about, but at the same time, that's the reality. So I went there a little bit blind. I didn't know what I was looking at. It was either a garage floor or reno. I had no idea. (laughs) (laughs) So I walk in and, you know, I quickly learned that we're looking about a bathroom renovation. Um, I, she was a beautiful lady. and they needed some accessibility inside of their home, and the house was in the south end of Regina, concrete slab, cinder block walls, things that, honestly, I've never seen in my entire life. Um, and I, they needed to take a bedroom and convert it into a bathroom because the, the way the footprint of the home was, there was no other way to make their bathroom bigger without demolishing their entire house. Cause the bathroom was plopped in the middle of the house and the hallway to get there was like 36 inches barely. And you couldn't turn around the corner and the little girl couldn't get through the door. And it was just like, it was horrible. Um, and during that meeting, she expressed concerns about, you know, the cost, obviously she knew it was going to be expensive. Kinsman was throwing in a little bit of money, but not all of it. Um, And in my mind, I'm looking at it, and this is this bathroom, seventy grand, and it's going to open up like all the unforeseen. Like this is one of those ones where it's like, we just opened up seven hundred unforeseen things, and Mm -hmm. we went from seventy to two hundred thousand. You know, I know everyone's like a bathroom, two hundred thousand dollar bathroom, like that's insane. Well, slab on great house brick walls, everything, asbestos. We had literally everything inside of this house.
4: Yeah. Your Um, roof trusses are sitting on the cinder block wall you're about to move. So now you're like, now you're moving, adding beams and changing roof.
3: Yeah. Crazy. And we're widening a hallway and putting some bigger doors in. So, um, I could feel the, the fear inside of her, like something I've never experienced in my life. And that day it was like, this is just a bathroom. Like, just like, it's just a deck for you, but it's just a bathroom and I can make this bathroom happen with my eyes closed, like tomorrow. And with a couple simple phone calls. And so I didn't even measure the room. I knew I was gonna do the bathroom for free. Um, And a friend of mine who's also a general contractor was actually the other person who bid the project. Um, So I called him sitting outside the house and I said, hey, I'm gonna do this bathroom for free. Do you want to partner up? And so, dude,
1: there's underbidding, and then there's what you're doing. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I,
2: Come I, on.
4: I guess I uh, I guess I'll just shred my quote. I was about to send it this <laughs> afternoon, so probably no point in me sending that.
3: I <laughs> guess. Right? Yeah. So uh, they felt something as well, and uh, you know we we built a team of young. Crazy entrepreneurs, and quickly knew we had something, and it went from like in a reactive. It was like it was just like a snowball. Started with a bathroom, and then quickly somebody said, "Hey, I could do a deck for you," or maybe I was persuaded it, you. A was, bit. Wasn't the way
4: I remember that, but it <laughs> <laughs> took a little more pride. And you like, "What are you talking about? What are you doing?" We were doing? at the. You talked to me. We were at the trademark home. Uh, they were doing a show home. Oh yeah, and there was like we were out on the. Patio, right, and it was all closed in, and we were just doing a tour of the house. And you were like, "Here is what I am working on. Are you interested?" And I just said, "Yes." Yeah. And you are like, "What?" Well, I didn't even say how big the deck is or anything. I was like, "Doesn't matter." It, like, yeah. And that's what it was with easy everyone. Enough. And then he came in and I talked to you. And I was like, "This is what I we're doing." I remember a bit
1: more pushback than that
4: personally because I I
1: think our experience, our relationship with you prior to that was like you had gotten a couple of quotes in our very first location when we were first opened, and like the the only conversations I had with you were. You can't touch my price from Freeze Stallman. <laughs> and I didn't even get a chance. Like we didn't <laughs> yeah. it was like
0: Screw you, man. <laughs> like,
1: yeah, give yeah, me yeah. a shot to quote it at least. And Sorry, then also yeah. it's like,
4: hey, you wanna come give a bunch of crap to free for my job I'm doing? It's like well, I don't know. What is he upped? Like, yeah. Yeah. oh, well, I'm glad you You'd have to that. buy a, a screw from me, I guess, before I start <laughs> yeah. giving you shit for yeah. free. Big ass for a guy who hasn't shopped here yet. But anyways, uh, the more we learned about shoot it. Shoot your more
1: shot. You, the, more yeah. you us, yeah. the more you pressed us. Yeah. The more you pressed us and we learned about what you were doing, then it, then it became pretty obvious that it was like, well, we this is a pretty cool thing to be involved in. Yeah.
3: <laughs> yeah. Well, and, you know, truth be told, at that time, Freeze Talman was our... Um, and we still work with them, but they were our, our lumber supplier, and they were our all things supplier. And you guys were fresh off the market, and yeah. you know, w- with how our business even operates today, we're cautious with entering into new um, new things because we've got such solid relationships. So yeah. I would have puffed my chest up like that for you, for then. I would do it for you today, obviously.
1: Yeah. Now we're on the other side. Of now it, you're right? on the
3: other side. Yeah. So it's it's good to be on the other side.
1: Good to know that somebody out there is getting that you can't touch my price from the <laughs> ultimate deck shop.
3: <laughs> Absolutely, that's where I'm at.
4: And the guys at Windsor are like, "Yeah, we can. We
3: buy, <laughs> We all buy the same ship yeah. from the same yeah, place." Yeah, like, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And so, anyway, so that kind of snowballed into something great, where you know our team this year was built to almost 50 people. Um, On our team, that's not our sub trades and suppliers. Like we, we this in the second year did a house for the Gorski family. Um, Bonnie had MS, and we added in an elevator. Like it just kept growing and growing and growing. And this year we had some really big plans, but obviously COVID came and had another decision. And so I hope to reactivate that in the future in 2021. Um, I know we're going to pause for this year because. We don't know what uh, the next couple months look like, and I think it's safe for every, better for everyone, um, just to to err on the side of caution right now.
1: Well, and the the start of the year when you need to start doing your fundraising and planning everything—that was right in the middle of it. Yeah, I had a
3: concert planned.
1: Good luck going and asking Mm -hmm. suppliers in March or April, like, "Hey, can you throw twenty, thirty grand at this again this year?" Uh, yeah. Do you know what's going on?
4: Yeah. I just laid off all my employees. So nope. (laughs)
3: Yeah. Yeah. So we're going to take a pause from that and, uh, hopefully reactivate that in 2021. Hopefully. Yeah. Get Some COVID goes away.
1: Yeah. It's been a bit of a phenomenon. I know that uh, it garnered a, a massive amount of attention within Saskatchewan and beyond, for mm-hmm. sure. That that project, and I know I don't know what happened with it, but I know there's some people that we were, you know, buddies with out in Toronto, kind of wanted to do the same thing and hooked them up to you guys. And I don't know nothing. Well, but,
3: so but, Mar- the Maryland Dennis Show. Caught well, attention. And then that yeah, too, the right yeah, the Maryland Dennis Show caught attention. Uh, Sastel was in a strike last year, um, and we needed to live stream this, mm-hmm. and we didn't have we didn't have internet. So, and they're in a the strike and it's like, we need the best internet possible cause we're live streaming and we had like 4,000 people watching this live stream. Um, and Marilyn Dennis flew down and filmed the entire reveal. So we were going somewhere. Um, and I don't know if any of you know who Marilyn Dennis is, but she's basically like Canada's Oprah. Yeah. Um, so that was Canada's really cool. Martha Stewart. Yeah. I would have said, yeah, and then and then uh, they were like, "Yeah, we we need you guys to come down." And I was like, "I am not coming on the show. I, I I don't I'm not the guy for the show." So Amanda and uh, Christy went down there and were on the show, and they actually donated five thousand dollars. And um, you know, it was uh, we were going in a really big direction. We had a huge concert planned in Evraz, Um and and then it all came to a halt. And I could I remember we were having a team meeting, and I was like, "We're done." Like there's no way we can do this, and it was probably the most emotional day I've ever had in my life. That day, but you know, you put you put fifty people through the ringer and grind them, and we work and build out an incredible structure for 2020, and then all of a sudden comes to a pause, and it's like, you know, I, well, that was shitty. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> um, but we're resilient, and we, you know, we pick ourselves up and get back at it, and what it actually did for me was gave me the ability to focus my attention on my construction company and gave me the ability to refine what I was doing and make it Mm -hmm. the best possible process. And we're still building things. We've got a loyalty program and some other things that we're doing, but it gave me the ability to focus my attention and also getting rid of superior garage also gave me the ability of focusing my attention, which was unique. So yeah, for sure.
1: So the unfortunate side effects of COVID with build
3: lover, obvious,
1: Mm -hmm. how has, COVID has also affected your business because it's affected everybody's business. Yeah. But in what way? How are you handling this with the new company that just kind of launched, well, I guess rebranded and re-, re Yeah, re-rebanded. You know, reorganized a little bit, right? Yeah. And um, so what's, what's it doing
3: for you? Well, to be honest, I'm busier than I've ever been in my entire life. <laughs> um, not having Superior Garage gave me the ability of focusing on what I really want to do and, and grabbing that. I told my son the other day, he's like, yeah, I want to play in the NHL. I was like, well, then just go do it. Cause I'm that type of guy that believes that you can do whatever you want to do. So I wanted to be the best general contractor in our city and that's our goal. And so we focused on creating processes and systems that set us apart from our competitors and it's made us really stay true to that. And so what's happening now is we're getting the, the, the backlash from that where now our customers are starting to, you know, they were waiting and now here they are. Yeah. So we had like 10 projects paused because of build love for a couple of weeks and then other projects continued to trickle in. And then it was like, okay, now we have like 20 projects. So now we're in the position where we are running and managing anywhere between 20 or more large scale renovations.
1: I've got a, how old's your son? He's 12. 12. Okay, so I'm just going to provide some perspective here with a funny little story. <laughs> so you said people can do anything they want. Mm-hmm. And I'm one of those people too. I'm, I'm also like a, then go get it. Yeah. Go do it. Uh, there are some asterisks
4: around I this. Like, <laughs> Here's <laughs> the thing. I am never going to play in the NBA. No so matter how much I, I wanted, I no matter what was like, you want. It's like, eh, yeah. I don't know, man. So I'm
1: 39. Mm-hmm. I played hockey until I was about to 11 or 12, about that age. And then I quit and I didn't start again till I was 35. Wow. So I took this big, like 23 year retirement, decided one day I was going to start playing hockey again, bought all the equipment, went out there. So I look like a guy who hasn't played talk hockey in 23 years, yeah. but I love it. Like I enjoy it. Mm-hmm. But anyways, I was playing with one of Wade's teams oh, this past January. And I like, I caught an edge, blew up my knee and like <laughs> out for the rest of the year. Then COVID hit and the season got canceled. So I was,
4: ah, I'm not L- missing anything. Anyway. Lucky,
1: lucky, so, went to the doctor about my knee because it was not getting better. I, feel I did, felt I did some ligament damage. Doctor was useless. Sent me for x-rays, and like which wasn't going to show anything. I knew it wasn't fractured. It was like yeah. soft tissue. So, of course, comes back. He's like, yep, no fractures. I was like, yeah, thanks, tips. More pineapple. Left it. More pineapple. Oh. <laughs> Left it. It's been months. Like, it's still not right. And so, I was at the chiropractor. And so, my dad had a knee injury years ago when he stepped off a curb weird. That's how you know that you're old is when you injure yourself doing everyday simple tasks. How did you hurt it? I was walking. I walked (laughs) off a curb on purpose. And anyways, he's like, well, (laughs) tell the chiropractor to look at it. Cause back then for me, it was something was out of, out of place. And the chiropractor did something and like it fixed my knee. And so I I was there having him look at my, do my back. Like I do all the time. And I was like, anything else? Yeah. Could you like, just look at my knee, just in case something you can adjust. So he sits down, does this whole thing. He's like, yep. He's like, I don't, I can't, like, I'm not in there. I can't see exactly what's happened, but you for sure have had some ACL damage in that leg, whether it was a full tear or a, like a severe sprain or something. And I was like, that's kind of what I figured. And he sits me down and he's like, so how is it now? I was like, it's getting better. It's just taking a long time. He's like, well, oh, that's good that it's getting better. And I was like, so is there like a, do I, I just came here to ask you, cause I, I want to know that I. Either I should be doing something about it or not. Like if I'm okay just letting it heal. He's like Yeah, I mean if you were young and like on your <laughs> on your way to the NHL, don't take offense to this. But if you're young and you had a shot at the NHL, it's like you'd be going in for surgery. It's just kind of shitty now. <laughs> like, that's not that's not his words, that's from he's a like, comedian, but he's like he's like, it's just like you're You're obviously not going to NHL. I was like, yeah, I wasn't at 12 either. But like, (laughs) but at thanks, he's like, yeah, you don't really have to do anything. We're not
3: going (laughs) to, no surgery for you. It's over for you. You should probably go to physio to get some,
4: like, moving back, but uh Yeah, I don't think. You can go to to to,
3: uh, the store and just get one of those rubber bands and put it on your knee. (laughs) Yeah, exactly.
4: I don't think we're going to invest any medical dollars into you.
1: But Brandon said I could do anything.
3: (laughs) 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 Well, you know, there are some limitations, obviously, but. A couple there. Yeah. uh, Yeah. I feel like as long as you try to set some unrealistic, like my goals for myself are unrealistic. And I think if you live inside of an unrealistic expectation for yourself, then when you get really close to it, it's like, that's an accomplishment.
1: Yeah. So there's, I think it's Grant Cardone. I don't know if you listen to many of these motivational dudes or whatever. I think it's him that says like his whole theory of set like 10 X and everything, like basically setting your goals so unrealistically high because it's better to miss an unrealistically high goal by a bit and still end up here than it is to set achievable goals and make them, but be down here. It's like just,
3: yeah, I've never met, I've never met my goals. Yeah. Ever.
1: It's good. Cause those people that get to them, they just change them anyway. Yeah. So if you get close to it, you just move it, keep yeah. moving the goalposts for yeah. yourself. Yeah. Right? Um, now you, what are you seeing out there for construction trends? You're doing everything like you're hands on with the inside, the outside, the upside, the inside, the backside, it all. Mm-hmm.
3: What are you seeing generally for trends? Uh, so we, we work with, um, a couple different designers in town and, So I used to, in another life say that I could design your kitchen or your bathroom or, or your renovation. And I've learned that that's not my wheelhouse anymore. I could probably get away with it, but that's not my wheelhouse. And so my wheelhouse now is managing that project and basically taking the trends that have been created by our designers and putting it together, um, So the trend right now is really mid-century modern is kind of what I've I've we've been working on a lot, a lot of white cabinets, a lot of white oak cabinets, and uh, you know, I think that that trend is is existing inside and out. Um, And
4: I like that move towards the white oak. I. I like that everybody's going back to oak. I like the grain pattern of that
3: wood. We we just did a project for a customer that has an, the traditional gold and oak kitchen. Yep. Um, and I was like, what are we going to do here? Like, we're not touching the cabinets. That wasn't in the budget. Um, so we ended up putting pot lights in, newer black light fixtures, changed all the hardware, and then incorporated like a gray tone yep. floor and with the black hardware. And this, like, it looked phenomenal. I actually we will we'll be selective with what we take before and after photos of because we don't want to necessarily always take pictures of things that we don't necessarily always want to do. Like our goal is big, huge additions and big, huge renovations all the time. But obviously you do some of the other things along the way. This one turned out really, really good. And I was like, this is when you trust a designer. It's like, I'm just going to step back here and build whatever you tell me to build because I'm better at that. Yeah. So we just kind of go with what? Well, they go with because they're the ones who know the trends better than we do
1: for yeah. sure yeah yeah that they're in that game every day like it's no different than our store being specialized in what it does yeah. a designer that knows all the materials and the trends and they're spending all their days like and they're they're trained as well mm-hmm. on identifying trends and yeah. being on top of things and knowing what shades go with what and what materials go with what and everything else yeah. like for sure there's
3: value in that well and they're they're focused on their their box right like this is my role my role is design your home not my role but I'm speaking as that person yep. so they design that house that's what they they do so; they're going to try to do whatever they can to get better at that. Yeah, and so I'll never compete with that. I'll never compete with the deck shop, right? <laughs> so it's like st- that's why we hire professionals to do each portion because I will guarantee I'll produce a better product because I have everybody behind me is is not we're not a jack of all trades. Exactly, you're I working can do with the
1: masters of every trade. Yeah, I right? can
3: do it all. Like I've done, I've been that guy that thought I could do everything, yep. and then quickly learned. I ain't I'm not that guy, like in my own house, I could tile my own bathroom, but my guys are so much better,
1: yeah. Yeah. You can't master it all. Like we are, I think we're all there. Like I can mm-hmm. also, I drywalled and mudded my whole basement. It's mm. like, it for sure took me way longer and the finish isn't as good as if I would have hired a guy who just does mudding and taping yeah. all day long. Uh, there's a funny thing right now. Again, Sean from premier door living gets yes. mentions on this podcast every other episode, I think, yep. but he just posted a picture. They have a pretty good sized project going and he's like, they're masters of landscaping and deck building, but they've got that big screen room or like covered uh, yep. room with the TV went not that the back is getting some sort of stone on or something where the TV is. And so they had done like an initial coat or whatever. It's not like scratch coat, but they'd done an initial um, screening of whatever, thin set on the wall, whatever. And they were showing how they were going to mount their mantle, a floating mantle. And that was what the video was about. He's like, here's how we mount a floating mantle outside. And some guy was like, great tip, but that scratch coat in the back is an absolute... Ab- an abomination. It's no. like he kinda laughed. He's like, Yeah, I was like, but that's but that's because they don't do that all the time. Yeah. Like they handled that themselves, but it was like wasn't the best job because that's not know. what they focus that's not yeah, what they know. It's right? not their job. So
3: like when we were when we were focusing on garage floors, like I, I if you were a customer sitting across from me and you didn't hire me, you you must have been on something because like I, I literally knew every product that was out there, we were the best in that industry and we still are like when you when you dive into something and you become the best at that trade there's nobody that can touch you yeah it, yep. you know that that might be a bit ego and confidence, but you have to live like that in order to be the best version of yourself. Yep.
1: What I like just to go back a little bit and speak to the the entrepreneurial side of how you got started and whatnot. I like that your story started with finding a product that wasn't available here, but did exist. And you just brought it here because yep. I know early in my journey before I went out and I was still working corporate jobs and whatever, but I knew I wanted to get out and do something. When I was young, it always, I always thought I had to come up and invent something. There needed to be something new that didn't exist at all mm-hmm. that I had to do to be able to come out and, and be successful at something. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't like, we were not the first ones to build a deck store. Nope. We just brought the idea here. Yeah. And that's where 98% of entrepreneurs are made is by just identifying and, and bringing things to new markets. Not that they invented the wheel. Yeah, And you know, cause that's way, that's way more hard to do but yeah. you can get into something by Like it's no different than the cycle clubs that are here now, yeah. you know, or the trampoline parts, yeah. like all that stuff was somewhere else first. And it just came here later and you can be a successful entrepreneur, you know, borrowing ideas and bringing them into a new market. So yep. I like that. That's how you started that. You were the first grad floor coding, but you didn't invent it necessarily. No. So that's good. Now you're working on something new. The reason you're at our store here today, uh, before the podcast, something we were doing
3: very a, big.
1: Doing, <laughs> yeah. I'm <laughs> really proud. will see a you little know, mom. <laughs> <laughs> um, and you're, you're dumbing it NCC TV on YouTube. Tell us what that is and what people can expect to get from it.
3: So we did a pilot with you today. Um, we're hoping to air our first episode on YouTube uh, sometime in October. And NCC TV is basically a platform that is uh, a YouTube channel that's designed for builders, um, homeowners, and do-it-yourselfers to provide them with a wealth of knowledge in construction in one specific area, being that we're in a general contracting box, I guess we are surrounded with deck questions and how to put in a door or how to build a kitchen or how to do this or how to do that. And we're trying to provide people with enough information so that if they're either a builder or a homeowner or a do-it-yourselfer that they can come to us for that information and trust our process to execute in their cities. Right.
1: Yeah. Okay. We forgot to touch on that part too. Just to step back, step back a little bit. You're operating NCC here in Regina right now, yeah. yeah. But you've got. Do you want to talk about uh, beyond yeah, that? So,
3: okay. so, our 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 big goal, like our big, and I have unrealistic expectations, and this hopefully is not unrealistic, but it's my unrealistic expectation is to provide Tim Hortons is Canada's coffee. And you can whatever.
4: It really is. I agree.
3: <laughs> but but I'm trying to provide Canada's construction company. So right. I want this model to live in every city across Canada. And isn't I isn't that SNC Lavalin
4: actually? <gasps> you should get funding like they do.
3: <laughs> what? <laughs>
4: <laughs> Canada's construction
3: company
1: SNC Lavalin. Mm-hmm.
3: Well, whatever. I am Canada's construction company, so I don't care if there's another one.
1: Do you? Do you you're not catching up who that is, though. No. Do you remember,
3: Like,
4: they're do the you follow the government? Like, there, there. Do they're, you follow they, politics at all?
3: No, I don't. Okay,
4: so they were like. The, the liberal party was like funding them yeah. and there was like, they were bidding on all these different jobs across Canada. And then like SNC kept winning and winning and winning. And it was like, they were getting all these, there was a ton of kickbacks going back to the government.
3: And it was like oh, a yeah. hot topic. But yeah, anyways, no, we're transparent. So that, that, that shit won't happen yeah. on our side, but they are also
1: go- paying for prostitutes for their customers and like all this dirty That's stuff, weird, bribery. That. Like they are a lot of deep shit, but okay. anyway, turns out, out, they're a,
4: out they're not, turns out they're not. Nobody like nothing happened. One guy had to step down. Trudeau's buddy. Yeah. He stepped down, but Trudeau got to keep doing his job. Yeah.
3: Anyway. Anyway. So our plan is to expand. Yeah. We're in the court here. We're in the court here. Enough politics. Um, our plan is to expand across Canada and provide this same level of quality and expectation for customers in other cities. Um, we can do that alongside our designers and we can provide people with, you know, the same trust Can I, am I, am I going to be renovating your home in Calgary? No we're going to be looking for project managers that have the same level of expectation that I do um, and manage the project with the same processes that we have here. Right. So that's our, that's our goal. And the idea is that NCCTV TV will put us in front of those people that either would want to be our project managers in another city or would be interested in potentially trusting us to either build their home or renovate it for them.
1: Yeah. It's a good brand play to start getting your name into those other markets that before you kind of physically need to move in there. Mm-hmm. Do you envisioning rolling that out all at the same time? Are you going to pick twelve of Canada's largest markets and I'm just gonna, go? I, I'm going to wait
3: for the. I'm going to wait for things to happen as they happen. Right. Um, I'm not going to just say, okay, we're in uh, Winnipeg Kipling. today. Oh, Kipling.
4: <laughs> Well, they got a red paper traded up for that house. Yeah. Paper it needs it. painted again. Yeah.
3: yeah. No, I'm not going to say that we're in Winnipeg tomorrow and just say we're in Winnipeg. I would like our customers to trust us in those cities. And so it's, it's much the same as it is in Regina where, you know, or in Saskatchewan where we're not having to fight for the work. I don't, I don't fight for projects. I want my customer to trust everybody behind us because we're the best decision for them. Right. And so when the customer is in Winnipeg and they trust us, we'll build the same process there. Right.
1: Yeah. I like as a former contractor, I love the idea of that, of not having to like sit there and waste a lot of time and resources, uh, bidding or grinding or trying mm-hmm. to negotiate your way mm-hmm. into winning some jobs. And it's just like, Hey, if you can be empowered enough to be like, this is what we're offering and this is the price. And you call me if you're ready to go. Yeah. Well, like, I, that's, that's what everybody wants. Right. So yeah. many guys are afraid to say no. So they get caught in the trap of being like grinding, yeah. getting grinded down or, you know, chipping things off here and there and cutting corners because they're trying to get to something. It's like, just learn to say no and take the work that you want to work on.
3: Well, the other thing that happens too, like if if a customer's bidding on, uh, let's say a customer, whatever it is, commercial or residential, puts out a bid for a project and this project is a large scale renovation and the general budgets X for the electrical or X for the plumbing and nobody's had the ability to actually review that scope, Now you've got five or let's say four electricians pricing this one thing. And it's like, no, this is our budget. Well, that's not enough money to do the work. Yeah. Well, you have to do it for that because that's what we budgeted and this guy's going to do it. And so now they're like, well, shit, I need the work. So I just say, yes, I take the job. I'm losing money. Yeah. But my guys are working and now I'm pissed off and I'm on a job site where like if I'm an electrician, I'm on a job site that I'm pissed off because I have to be there. Cause I need my guys to keep working, but I'm not making any money. Yeah. So that comes through in your work. Yeah. You're disgruntled. Yeah. That, 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 like that shows in your quality of your work. If you underbid it because you had to, and you knew you underbid it when you went into it, but you had to do that because you need to keep your guys going. That's just not, that's, I hate doing that. I yep. hate seeing that shit all the time. And I wanted to build a system that didn't have that anymore. Like, I don't bring two electricians. It's yeah. one. Yeah, that's and good. And it's the same guy, and he takes care of us. And when something comes up, he takes care of it every time because yeah. he we're, we're loyal like that. Yeah.
1: Yeah, that's good. You've got a strong network. Has there been anything coming out of there that we need
0: to touch uh, on? Roasted Right said, former contractor, question mark,
4: question mark, question mark.
0: I don't know what the question was. Yeah, I don't it anymore. You,
4: yeah. Where you must have been a former contractor? Is that I, I said
1: probably. I said as a former contractor, and oh, clearly the oh is that Marty? Yes, it is. Okay. okay. Yeah. Oh, okay. Marty, I haven't built anything for three years, so, yep. professionally. Um, anyway, yeah, you've built this like trusted network of people, and I like I I like what you're doing. I think, and I think it's like, it's the way you've built it is good for the customer. It's good for you. It's good for your trades. Good for your suppliers. Like everybody's in a win, 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 win situation there. And that's,
3: and that's what's it's, it's not one, I'm not managing one person's expectation. I'm managing the contractor, the supplier, the customer and my own. Yeah. And if I'm not, if everybody isn't excited at the end of the day, then the quality of the work will show through that. And I think that if you can exceed the expectations of all of those individuals, your your quality of work will exceed your competitors all day. Yep, and I'm ruthless. Like I want to win every project, um, but I know that some projects aren't for me because the customer. Might we might not mesh? They might not appreciate and understand what we're doing, and that's okay. Yeah, because uh, we would have wasted each other's time.
1: Yeah, and you need to go into it knowing full well that the service you're providing is not for everybody. It's not. And as soon as you come to terms with the fact that, like, listen, only only twenty percent of people that I'm that need a renovation done are going to appreciate what we're doing. Yeah, then you don't worry about losing the
3: eighty. In
1: fact, you're not even going to talk to the eighty. Yeah.
3: Yep. Well, and you <laughs> like, like you'll you qualify at, them out, right? You yeah. look at the people that have had horrible experiences in construction and renovations, and you, uh, I would ask them, would you go down this road? Because let's say that they said no at the beginning. I don't want to operate that way. I'm ner- that that percentage is too much. You know, uh, I don't want to do it that way. But if they would have said yes and had an ex- exceptional experience at the end. They, they can't go back in time. Like you know what I'm getting at is like mm-hmm. some people just are freaked out by that, and then have a shitty experience, and then live with that regret of what if. And I and I want them to live with that a little bit because I want them to get better. And I try to give as much information walking into the project so that they know everything. They know everything. Like leaving this process and going to this process. Is a lot more risk because you don't know what you're getting into. Yeah, you know. So we, we try to educate them right from the moment we walk in the door.
1: Good. That's that's key. We've talked about it in the podcast before that, like, yep, educating up front. Get like for one, it builds a good rapport and and, and trust between you when you when you start with that. You start with educating instead of selling. Yep. But it's just like again, to the surprises that we mentioned before in a previous podcast. It's like if you educate something about expectations. Or how products work, or what how this is going to go, yep. and then it goes that way. Then it's like, yeah, well, that they they we knew about this because he right. taught us about this, yeah. Yeah. as opposed to trying to cover your tracks later when something happens that you not even didn't cover foresee. your
4: tracks, right? It's just like I didn't know that the I didn't know the boards were going to shrink that much. Why are my miters all open? Mm. Yeah. So and, and, it was like an excuse that you're covering up, right? Yeah.
3: And and as a contractor, that's that's what it was. It's covering your tracks. Like yeah. I lived as a general contractor the other way too, where it was like I just gave a price you know I was like what well, here's what I think hopefully I make some money yeah sometimes I made more sometimes I lost money yeah and that's shitty for both people yeah you know it's just not consistent and that was also why we wanted to create this YouTube channel YouTube channel was because we wanted to provide the same conversations that we're having now on a larger scale across Canada so that we can establish project managers in other cities to provide the same level of experience for everybody else. Right. You know, like there's a plumbing company in Calgary that would probably love a company like us. Yeah. You know, we're loyal to them. They take care of us and we just keep throwing them projects. Like we have 20 some projects on the go right now and it's the same plumber. It's the same electrician. It's the same drywaller, same painter. And our business isn't limited to growth our subcontractors have to grow with us. So as we grow and continue to give them more work, they need to ramp up. Right. Otherwise another electrician or another painter or another drywaller will come in and help us continue to grow. And I don't, and we're, we're, we're like right on that line right now where it's like, when I call the subcontractors about the other project that's coming in, they're like, holy shit. Like we have so much stuff going on. But that's okay. So it's an opportunity for everybody to continue to grow alongside and, and continue to get better.
1: Well, and the way you've structured it too, the worst case scenario, if you're working with a trade that d- like can't scale for whatever reason, there can may be some another. reasons, you can add another guy yeah. or another company, yeah. right? Maybe yeah. you work with two plumbers. You're busy enough. You're giving them both steady work. Yeah. So there's nothing yep. wrong with that either. Yep. It makes it easier for you to scale because you're not on the hook for employing mm-hmm. the trades themselves. Yep. So yep. you can scale quite easy, which you'd have to if you want to get across this. Yeah. Yep. Gas country. Mm. Beautiful country. Anything you wanted to bring up today, Brandon, that we didn't touch on yet already?
3: Well, originally when I walked into this podcast room, I pretty much shit my pants a little bit because it's pretty high tech in here. Like you guys, I, I watched this podcast a couple of times and like oh, that. this little thing! There's was like a couple of mics here, <laughs> and it was like twelve cameras on this side. The dude in the pineapple shirt, which I love. Like, I mean.
4: um, we've talked about shooting it back the other way so people can see what we look at, but we don't know that we've ever done it.
3: Yeah, like it's intense. This is intense. I it's see like, your kids come here a lot because the whiteboard's got some scribbles on it. Yeah, or that's, that's actually Bryce's. Right, yeah, that's, that's just that's me. just in planning. Yeah, but he's on his knees and just I just scribble, just scribble. Never, so,
1: never judge a creative. Yeah, they, they have their process. <laughs> There, there's a name for that isn't that where people like just start with the lines like creative people they start with a line they start drawing and squiggle and like ideas come to them as they go isn't
3: there light uh, probably yeah that's our, anyways that's, my I three year old brain. has
1: that down pat yeah I Killing think this our brain at night
3: Yeah, but I think like um, no uh, I think that I have nothing to say other than that I think this is a great setup, and I think you guys are doing some great things um, and I'm Excited to be a part of this.
1: We're having fun with it. That's for sure. People always, are. people always thank us uh, for the podcast and the stuff we're doing all the time. And it's like, it's nice to be thanked. It's nice to know that people care and value what we're doing. But at the same time, it's like, I look forward to it every week. I have mm-hmm. fun with it. You know, I, we talk decking all day, every day in, in, kind of a repeatable fashion, but we're more in control of what we talk about on this and we can have some fun with it and you know, yep. crack jokes we wouldn't maybe crack down there kind of thing and just so yep. it's I don't know, it's kind of something I look forward to kinda of like off gas at the end of the week as well. So or middle of the week in this case. <laughs> okay, buddy. Well thanks for taking time out of your busy day to join us and provide some value back to the people that are listening to this and good luck with everything you got going on. Thanks for having me. See you guys next week. Subscribe to our YouTube channel. Lots of stuff still pumping
2: out there. Thank you. You've been listening to the Ultimate Deck Podcast. Ultimate Deck Podcast. Brought to you by the Ultimate Deck Shop. Shop with us at www.ultimatedeckshop.com or check us out at all the social networks we can keep up with. Hit us up for any collaboration or sponsorship opportunities. Thanks for listening.